0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen, amen. I'll tell you what, last week we, we had a moment with God, didn't we? For those of you here with us last week, we had a, we had a moment with God. You know our our key verse of this series is Second Corinthians chapter five or seventeen, and it says this: Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anybody grateful for that? Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone; a new life has begun. Second Corinthians five, seventeen. So here's here's the nuts and bolts of it. And I, I just wanna I wanna touch on, I wanna I wanna take a step back into last week for just a moment so that we can so we can see clearly to move forward into the things that I believe God has for us today. Um, but here's 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 the deal. Like everybody, any any perfect people in the room? Anybody, right? Any anybody, any perfect people? See, I knew that there'd be a couple of people who'd point to somebody else, right? Like we see, right? But but nobody's pointing to me, right? Nobody's pointing to nobody's right. We know we're not perfect. We know we're imperfect people. You might even say it this way, we know that we all have our own stuff, right? This is this is language we're familiar. We 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 all got our own stuff, right? And and basically what that means, that's just a socially acceptable way of saying that I'm a mess. <laughs> at times, right? Maybe not always, but at times. I got my stuff, right? I got my stuff that I deal with, just like you have your stuff that you deal with. I'm not perfect. We can, we can acknowledge that. um, But what, if we really like press down on that a little bit, we're going to find, well, like this stuff that we're dealing with is, 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 is kind of (laughs) gross, right? This stuff, like those, those there's addictions and 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 sin that I just can't shake and the uh the self-image that caused me to do things that hurt myself, those 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 reaction things inside of me that like I never dealt with these issues even from the time I was young. And now they just kind of like 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 they ooze out of me for everybody to see from time to time. And it's embarrassing and 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 this this greed and this lust and the, okay you, you get what I'm talking about, right? See we just don't like to use those words. Saying my stuff feel like not putting a name on it, it feels a little bit more socially acceptable, doesn't it, right? So we'll just say my stuff, and you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Right? Okay. So last week, we dealt with some of this stuff. We at least not acknowledged some of our stuff. And this is, this is kind of how, what we do. Like, there's this, this way of living that goes kind of like this. If I can keep my stuff, if I can keep it pressed down far enough so that it never, like, rises to the surface and, like, oozes out on other people. You guys know what I'm talking about, Right? If I, can, if I can keep my stuff pressed down enough so it doesn't ooze out on other people, th- and, then I can convince you that I'm okay. Right? So I just press it down. And, 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 then so, and then I convince everybody that I'm okay. And the reason I do that is not because I don't want to burden you with my stuff. I, I believe largely it's because of this. If I can convince you that I'm okay, then I can convince myself that I'm okay. Right? I mean, I know I'm not. <laughs> right? But, but here's the deal. The power of self-justification is so strong. We're good at it. Right? And it goes something like this. Like, I can convince everybody else that, that I'm okay. I press my stuff down. So I convince you that I'm okay. And, and then, like, I know I have stuff. But guess what? We go back to where we started. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And if I can, if I ooze my stuff less than you ooze your stuff, then I'm doing okay. And if I even look at my own life, like I'm doing really good. Like I remember I, this stuff used to rise to the surface all the time. And now um, I, it doesn't rise to the surface quite as often and it's not hurt or, or maybe like, okay, it still does a little bit, but at least I'm not hurting anybody. And, and nobody knows the moment people see it, it's hard to ignore it, right? So step one, convince, convince everybody else that I'm okay. And once I've done that, then maybe I can convince myself that I'm okay. You can't see it, and I can justify it all. And I think we do all of that because if I can convince you that I'm okay, and if I can convince myself that I'm okay, then maybe, just maybe, I can convince God that I'm okay. But isn't that really the goal of the Christian life anyway? Convince God that I'm okay? If you, if you in case you were wondering if that was rhetorical, it's not, a, that, that's not the goal, okay? There's a goal that's deeper. Jesus said, I've come to you to have life and have it to the full. Squashing my stuff all the time, that's not the fullness of life, that's sin management. And God has called us to walk in something that is deeper and richer than sin management. Right, So last week, we drew a line in the sand and said, listen, not anymore, not here, not me, not us. This is not how we're going to do this Christian life thing. I'm no longer going to hide behind the assumptions of perfection. I'm letting go. I'm coming clean. I'm not perfect. Sure, I'm redeemed. I'm I'm in right standing with God, but I'm not perfected yet. I'm not pretending anymore. And God met with us. You know, I'm confident there are some people, you came down to the front, and again, not that there's something extra holy about our brand of carpet that makes like God meetings great, but rather, the, the, you, some of you, you came and you responded and, 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 and just simply found this empty space and God met with you, and man, things were lifted from you. There's some of you just in, in the, the, the very process of standing and acknowledging you came out from, from hiding and something lifted off of you. You had a moment with God, and so... Here's the thing, anytime we have moments with God, people see, but you know what else? The devil sees. The devil and all of his minions see exactly what's happening. Okay, the, 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 God is in the business of making things new. The devil is in the business of stealing, killing, and destroying. So before we get actually into the, 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 the direction that we're going today, I, I just want to make sure that I address this, because I think this is very, very important here. There's some of us that, that we had a moment with God, we had a moment with God, but the devil was doing his work on you this week. And, and, and here's, I'm going to give you, the devil has a whole arsenal of stuff, but I'm going to, I'm going to just really quick and concisely um, try to give you just a few things that he's doing, ways that he tries to steal, kill, and destroy. See, if God does something new in you, the devil is going to try to take it as quick as he can. So here's some things that, that, here's three ways that the devil works. You've got notes, write this down. Number one, deceit. It's his number one weapon over and over and over again. He speaks lies. The Bible says that he is a liar. He is a father of lies. And when he lies, he speaks in his native tongue. He is a liar. Okay? So this is is what may have happened for you. God, you had a moment with God. and, And then throughout the week, you hear this voice in the back of your head. Nothing really changed. That was just emotionalism. Pastor Sean got worked up and you fell into it. Nothing happened. Or or, or he'll lie this way. He'll wait because you're like, man, I'm I'm feeling free. I'm feeling, man, God made me new. God did good stuff and and I came clean on X, Y, and Z. But guess what? I fell into Y again this week. And you know who's going to be there the moment you come to? (laughs) The devil saying, I told you so. You're still as fallen as you. Okay, maybe this stuff, here, here's one of his favorite lies. You're the exception. Maybe, maybe this works for other people, but they don't know how bad you are. They don't know how entrenched you are. You can't get out of this. Listen, God doesn't say those things, right? See, that's the enemy. I'm calling this out because I need you to call it out. You need you to call it out. When, when you have a moment with God, when God speaks truth in your life, when God begins to make things new, the devil will try to lie to you. Recognize it, call it out, and begin, if you can, quote scripture right back out. It's how, it's how Jesus won the battle of temptation to, listen to the voice of the devil. If you can't quote scripture, you're still new, you don't know that, go to the word. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the words of Jesus. Read the red stuff and just declare the promises of God. <clears throat> and if you're so new, you don't know what the red stuff is, trust me, it's the good part. All right. It's the words of Jesus in some Bibles. All right. Um, second thing he does is distract. There's some of you like, you're, you're right here and you're like reminded, oh man, I had a man, I had this time with God. I was like all snot and tissues and God was working on my heart and you haven't thought about it since. The second tactic of the enemy is distraction distraction. He will distract you, right? Like you had something with God. You had a moment with God. God is beginning to make some things new in you and he will just get your mind on anything. But you walked out the doors and you haven't thought about it again. And listen, I don't say that for condemnation. Like, Oh, that's me. I'm so miserable. No, no, no. no. Okay. Chalk one up. He got me this week. He's not getting you this week. Right. And then number three is really uh, like, it's really number two to another degree, but I think we need to talk about it. And that's detachment. If you don't address, if you don't address distraction, like God does something with you. I'll just use this example. And Sunday morning, God meets with you. And then he can distract you all week long. And then you come back and you have another moment with God and God meets with you. And then he distracts you all week long. And then you have another moment with God and God meets with you. And these are genuine times that you're having with God. And he can get you into this habitual pattern where I have this experience with God. And then I, then I leave and nothing actually affects, I'm not changed, I'm not made new. I just had an emotional experience. And I think this is honestly when the devil like just kicks his recliner back, grabs some popcorn, He doesn't have to tempt you anymore. You've just programmed yourself to detach from the things of God so that you can have an experience here and live completely unchanged out there, okay? So that is like, that's why we have to address the distraction part. Friends, if you're distracted, and what I mean by this is God does some things or he speaks some things and you don't even remember what last week's message was about, but you know you were up here crying. Like you're like, wait, something's disconnected there write when God speaks to you write it down put it on sticky notes put it on three by five note cards stick them in your mirror stick them in your cabinet stick them on your fridge stick them in on your dashboard and be reminded of what God is doing in you okay we will not if God's going to do something new the devil's going to start working harder don't let him win right are we there are we good all right okay that just has to be said because we're moving forward god's making things new we can't ignore that we are going to be attacked during this time in fact the next three weeks we're sharing testimonies of god making some things new in people i'm just gonna it's we got the Rothies today we got the brysons next week and the ridebergs the following week listen pray for those couples because the moment you go public with your testimony god, the devil is going to fight at you even stronger still so be praying for those couples all right now, are we ready for like the real stuff where we're going? We, we ready? Here's how God works. We know how the devil works. That's good. Be aware of it. That's not worthy of a whole message, right? Let's, let's talk about how God works. That's where I like to talk, okay? God works in this. He's in the business of making all things new. And I'll tell you two of the ways that he doesn't. Now, I say two of the ways. We're talking broad picture. God works in infinite number of ways. We've, we've discovered that, haven't you? You don't have to be saved very long at all before you're like, man, God works like this and he works like this and he works like this and he works like this. But in the broad scope of things, there's two primary things that God uses to make us new. He, use, he makes us new in moments and he makes us new in process. He makes us new in moments and he makes us new in process. Moments are fun. Moments are the miracles. Moments are the instant change. Moments are the laying on of hands and never the same again. We see moments all throughout scripture God making things new but here's the thing and we're gonna we're gonna get to this here in a little bit but Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind he didn't say be transformed by the laying on of hands does that happen yes can that happen still yes Is God a miracle-working God? Absolutely. Is his primary device to work in seasons, in time, in process. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of a moment. At the same time, never underestimate the power of a process. God wants to work miracles in people's lives in moments. But God is inviting us to submit to a process. The question is, will we follow them there? So we're going we're gonna to watch in just a moment, we're going to watch a testimony uh, from Jim and Tina Rothy, who are so gracious to let us come into their house and, uh, and record them and, and have them share some things that God is working in them. And if you, if you pay attention, you'll see there are some moments There were some moments where where, where things were seen in their life, where where God did some some cool things. But the primary point of the whole story is God works through slow processes over time. And I know you're going to be blessed, so let's go ahead and watch this video.
1: So I'm kind of, kind of get ashamed sometimes to admit that even though I've been walking with God for a long time, I've not ever been consistent in quiet time and, prayer time, reading the Bible, kind of go in cycles, and usually they're pretty short cycles, and then give up or get lazy or complacent or whatever. And so this year when we started doing the soap devotions at church, we decided to dive right in and just do that. I also started finding out ways to put worship music on on YouTube so that I could worship along with my devotion, and it just made a huge difference, and um, Sean's preaching on seasons in our lives really hit really well, because um, a few months ago, I was having some physical problems and a lot of pain, and I was praying, and kind of joking with God and saying, you know, you say in your word that we grow in tribulations and trials, but you know, things aren't perfect right now, but they're pretty good. You know, our lives are pretty good. I like this just, you know, growing in the good times. So we'll, we'll stay with this. I, I like this guy. So then when I went to the doctor and she stopped in the middle of the examination and turned around and got down on eye level and said, I hate to tell you this, but you have a tumor. And I said, are you talking cancer? And she said, I think so she said, we're going to have to, I'm going to do a biopsy here. And she said, we'll have to send it in and we'll get results. And so like, okay, well, it was a Wednesday. I knew we were going to go to church that night. And I said, well, I guess I know what I'm going to be praying for tonight. And she just kind of laughed and said, yeah. And so she left the room and I didn't respond the way I usually would respond. I just started praying and God didn't Bring to mind my favorite song, Waymaker. (laughs) Um, He brought to my, or or my second favorite song, This Is How I Fight My Battles, but he brought a song to my mind, um, I think it's called Everlasting Love or Everlasting Arms. But the, the line in it was, Whatever comes my way, I will trust you. And I just kept saying that line over and over and over till the doctor came back in. And so then the next few days were waiting and I don't do the waiting thing very well either, but um, for me I, I thought I was, it was just a change from what normal is. And when I found out that I you know, did have rectal cancer and I was going to have to do chemo and radiation well, and then surgery to remove the tumor next spring, I'm just like, okay, God, here we go. You know, this is the season that you have me in right now, um, and so just all these things have been preparing me for that. And had I not been walking much closer with God, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have reacted the way I am now. I don't. I don't think I shed one tear over the fact I have cancer. It's just like it. It is what God has me going through this time, and I know that He is going to. His 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 plan is perfect, and had I not been in the Word and drawing closer to Him than this last year, however long it's been, I I know that I would not have reacted the same way. I almost don't even recognize me. You know, I just feel like I'm way different, and not that I'm not that I've got it mastered, not that I'm not going to have weak moments, but. I really feel like God has brought me to the place where I needed to be. And if I hadn't been growing in him, I, I hate to say it, where I would be, I'd be a mess. And I don't feel like I'm a mess. How about you?
2: Just, <clears throat> you know, I i think that a couple years ago, I probably would've fallen apart hearing this. Uh, would've been angry with God. Would've been yelling at God. But I do, how can I put this, I do know that God has a plan, Uh, and through everything we've been through, uh, it's been really good for the reading and being close to Him, and the closer we get with Him, we know that He has a plan, and it may not be our plan,
1: it's His plan do walk, I mean, or did, walk in fear a lot, and I'm a worrywart, you know. My dad always used to say to my mom and my sister and I, if you didn't have anything to worry about, you'd worry about what you're going to worry about next, you know. And so I've always been a worry, and I'm not a good waiter. I still say I'm not, and I don't pray for patience because, but, because <laughs> you know <laughs> you're going to get the trials <laughs> to produce that patience, you know. Well, I know God knew what was going to develop in our lives, and He knew I was gonna have to step it up to a higher level or I wasn't gonna be able to handle the season that we were gonna go through. And so I think even though I didn't know, God knew. And I think he was preparing me, you know, for months for this without knowing what I was being prepared for.
2: I think for both of us. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It's made a big difference.
1: of my the desire of my heart and i've told god this i will i will tell my story to anybody that will give me five minutes to listen and and i want to be the desire of my heart is to be a blessing to others and to be an encouragement to others because i couldn't be an encouragement to others if i was walking through this how i used to be and people all over go through stuff and it may not be cancer. Um, it might be worse than what I've got, and it might not be quote as bad as what I have. But I want—I don't want this this cancer to be wasted. I want it—I want it to glorify God, and that's the desire of my heart that it glorifies Him in my testimony and whatever I post on Facebook or whatever I say to somebody that maybe if they're going through something, that. I can be an encouragement to them, or my faith can encourage them in their faith. And if they don't have faith, that maybe it will get them to think about God.
2: In this season, I really feel like God is uh, helping us grow, but also He's using us to show people that you don't have to fear, you don't have to, be angry at God, and even for our kids, that they know that what we're going through may not be the easiest thing, but we are going through it, and they can see that, and they just look at us and wonder, you know, how are we going to react? Because they knew how we were years ago, and how we have changed. So
1: it makes a big difference that uh, God's taking care of us. Like I said, I I want to. I want to encourage. I want want to encourage others in their faith um, when they're having difficulties and and for God to be glorified and and that's just the desire of my heart and I think where he's, you know, he's wanting us to recognize that it's, it's all his.
0: Jim and Tina, thank you for the willingness to share uh, what you guys are walking through right now, and 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 where God has brought you. You know, I, <clears throat> I can say this as well. Uh, Beth and I have had before the cancer thing came up. Um, Beth and I had conversations about you guys. Yeah, that's right. We were talking behind your back. Uh, <clears throat> we had conversations about you guys, like saying like, "Man, there's there's something different." Like, there's there's a there's a, there's a change that, that Tina, you, you addressed it in, in, in the, the, the video. Like the worry was like melting off. We just didn't see that come out in, in, in different ways. And um, what I think is so awesome is the way that God had you on a process, right? But, but what's interesting is there's moment, and, and we didn't get into the, you know, any further than that, but I, I would imagine you could sit down and tell us moments over the last year, you had with God moments that that solidified some things but but the the change took place over time and over that process I, I think of the first moment just the simple the simple realization that like hey I still don't I still don't have this quiet time thing figured out right that takes humility uh, oh, wait, the church is doing something. Hey, you know what? Hey, let's, let's do this thing. Let's, let's, let's submit ourselves to the process of reading the word like this. Maybe I've not done this before, but I'm going to submit myself to the reading of the word like this and processing this. Uh, and what happens is, is, is it, it, there's a moment at the beginning that says it's time to start. It's time to go. But then it's the really boring, the really tedious, the really uneventful walking the process out day Day. But this is how God changes life. <laughs> you know, we um, we love moments, don't we? We we love those moments, but, but God uses these processes. There's this quote in the video there, Tina, that you had said, I almost don't even recognize me. God has brought me to the place where I needed to be, He was preparing me for the for months for this without me knowing what he was preparing me for. Um, See, this is the way that God so often works, right? Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has become. Sometimes it happens in a moment, and sometimes it happens through seasons. Sometimes it happens through this process. Because you guys have been walking with the Lord like, I don't know, forever-ish, right? and, And yet God, in this stage of your life, said, no, 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 I've got more for you. I see where you need to be, and I got more for you. Truth is, guys, I think every single one of us, God sees not just what's going to happen tomorrow, but he sees where, what's going to happen in our lives a year from now. And I'm not doom and gloom, ah, oh, destruction is coming, be ready. But I want to be prepared for whatever life has for me. And, and it's not like, well, God was gracious in order to set them up just like this, but that's how he, no, no. I believe God is always on our doorstep knocking saying, hey, will you, will you enter this process with me? Will you submit yourself to the process I want to work out in you? You know, our verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. Anyone. Wait, so aren't I already made new? How can new things be made new? Okay, I want to get theological on you for just one moment. Can we do that? There's this word that shows up in the New Testament a number of times, the word sanctify, um, or the term sanctification, that, that process. Here's the deal. There, there are different aspects of this. I'm just, just going to hit this briefly. When we accept Christ, when we invite Christ into life, there's this positional sanctification. Sanctification, hear what it means. Basically, it's, it's, it's removing myself, separation from sin to be set apart for God. Not like living as a hermit far away from everybody, but Jesus lived a sanctified life in the middle of it. That, the purity of heart set apart for God, Right? And, and there's, there's something that happens positionally, this positional sanctification, like right at the moment we're salvation. I mean, we're his, we're adopted into his family, we're sons and daughters of God. And we look forward with hope to the day that our sanctification is gonna be perfected, right? Every one of us is gonna stand face to face and we're gonna see God, right? We're gonna see him face to face. Maybe he's gonna call us home in, in the rapture maybe, maybe we'll face death. And we'll see, but one way or another, we're all gonna see him face to face and everything, like our lives will be perfect. It's gonna be awesome for those who are in Christ. But- Between point A and point B, there's a lot going on here, isn't there? Positionally, I'm made right with God. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ, Paul reminds us. We have this hope of uh, of perfection, but right now, it's as if this if I'm adopted into his family, that means before adoption, I had no parents. And I made my own rules, and some of us were more rule followers than others, so our lives might look different before Christ, but the bottom line was we were calling the shots. And we had our own culture, and we had our own way of thinking, and we had our own habits, and we had our own stuff. Some was more socially acceptable than others, doesn't really matter, we were living for ourselves. You see, and, and when you're adopted, when a child is adopted into a good family, guess what? There's parameters, and there's there's, there's family values, and there's ways of living, and there's there and, and it, there's a there is a learning curve in adoption, isn't there? Today we live in the learning curve, right? We're positionally sanctified. someday we look forward to perfect sanctification, but right now we're in this progressive sanctification. We're like, I'm right before God, but guess what? I'm still being, there, there, there are aspects of me that still need to be made new. Jim and Tina have been serving God for a long time, but their testimony right now is God made some things new in me. There were some attitudes in my heart that God had to make new. There's some ways of thinking that God needs to make new. There's some default instinctive behaviors that are not tied to anything of God, but tied to my former life that God still needs to make new. There are some thought processes. There are some issues that, you know, the stuff we were talking about. Friends, God wants to give you a new mind. He wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a new attitude. He wants to give you new love. He wants to give you new relationships. He wants to give you, he wants to make all things new. We are made new, but we're still in process. You know, well, you know what's funny? Have you ever noticed, like anytime somebody says, I'm still in process or I'm a work in progress, when I'm in process, you know what that typically means? It means you're not perfect either, get off my back. That's usually what it means, right? <laughs> right, when do you say, hey, I'm still in process? It's when somebody says, hey, look at you. And you're like, hey, hey, I'm still, I don't never claim to be perfect. I'm still in process. It's kind of funny how we use that term to mean I have no intention of growth, just get off my back. What if we as followers of Jesus, what if we were in process on purpose? What if when we said, hey, I'm in process, we weren't defending our immaturity, we weren't defending our brokenness, but rather we're admitting that I'm not there yet, but I'm taking steps to being made new. You see, we love the moments, don't we? Like, if, if, let's, let's talk about our stuff again. Nobody likes to talk about their stuff, but we're going to. We're going to talk about our stuff again, right? All, all those things that, that, that we keep pushing down. Listen, we keep pushing it down, thinking like, I just need God to work a miracle. I just need God to make me new in a moment. A- a- amen? Anybody? Anybody? Like, yeah. God, make me new in a moment. I'm looking forward to, I just just want those moments. I want the moment that I'm set free from depression. I want the moment that my addiction is broken. I want the moment that the relationship is restored. I want the moment that I'm set free from anxiety. But being in process on, on purpose means that we acknowledge that God doesn't just work in moments, but he works in the process. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed through process. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll know God's will. See, we, we want the moment. Well, what, if, what if God is inviting us into process? We say, God, I want, I want the moment that I'm set free from depression. And what if God is saying, hey, I, I, want you to take a, to, I want you to seek professional counseling. Yeah, yeah, but no, I need God to work in my life. Yeah, God works through people more often than not. I want, I want my addiction broken, okay. Like, you need to go to an addiction recovery group. What if, what if that's the process God has for you? That, that can't be, no, I need something supernatural. I need, I need the elders to lay their hands on me. And guess what? God does that sometimes. But he might be calling you to walk out the process. I want this relationship restored. I want everything back to how it's supposed to be. And, and maybe you just need to seek out accountability. There's a, there's a theme here. Just side note, most of these processes involve submission to other people that God puts in your life. I want the relationship fixed, the relationship with my family, the relationship with my friend, the this, this, this struggle I'm having with this, this enemy, if you will, in my life, this person at work Like I, I, I need this relationship fixed. And what if God is, is just inviting you into a place of accountability for walking out forgiveness on a daily basis? Or accountability in, in, in your deliberate acts of love towards someone who's showing no love back towards you? What if God is inviting you into a process and we're missing out on being made new because we're sitting back saying, God, no, no, I want a miracle or nothing. See, the process is hard and it's scary because it takes Submission. See, with a miracle, we've got this idea, this, the, the moments, we got this idea that if I just keep pushing it down long enough and keep praying, God, will you deal with the stuff that I won't even acknowledge? More times than not, it doesn't work that way. God, I don't want to acknowledge it. I don't want to let see people see it. I don't even want to acknowledge it myself. I'm surely not going to bring it to you. But God, you know it's there. Can you just make this go away? John chapter 3, John talks about coming into the light, but we're so afraid of being exposed. We, we got we to learn that like, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right there in John chapter 3. For those who are in Christ Jesus, it's time to come into the light. To me, like, my anxiety is out of the roof. You know what's even interesting? Even Jim and Tina's story here, um, neither one of them did it by themselves. Or maybe they didn't invite a bunch of people into that process, but they walked it out together. God is inviting us into process. Where is he calling you today? I I, I love God's grace and foresight for Jim and Tina. But he's doing the same for you right now. We just get the privilege of seeing this point in the story. Guess what? When they started committing themselves to time with the Lord, they couldn't see this point in the story. and you made the statement, I know we grow in trials, but I like how things are going right now. I'm <laughs> so honest and I've been there so many times. And for some of you, like some of us are like, boo, like there's issues, there's topics, there's things right now on your heart. God's speaking to you. You're ready to process. Maybe you don't know how, but you know it. There's others in this room. You're like, man, I feel like Tina right there. Like I'm I'm good. God, I'm good. Sure, I know. Obviously, throughout the scripture, over and over, it's like we grow through trial. We, we get that. Like it's it's unavoidable. But God, things are just like let's just let just keep smooth and sail, sailing smoothly. Right. I believe God is inviting us. God is inviting us into the process. Are you willing to submit yourself to humble yourself? Say, God, where are you taking me right now? You know, I, I gave several processes, but there, there, there's a variety that God invites us into for the place of growth. But I will say what, what Jim and Tina experienced through that, that devoted time with the Lord is, is a step that if, if you're not walking in that right now, it is going to be a key to being made new in any aspect of your life that you need God to touch you right now, no matter what it is, I promise. To develop that time with the Lord. And I said this earlier that this is not a Bible reading plan, this is a time with God template. There's some that you have kind of like picked it up and you kind of read, read a chapter a day. That's great, that's a great place to start. Would you submit yourself to doing this? Like, well, that takes time. Have you ever heard of a process that didn't take any time? It's like the definition of a process. Hey, let's, let's submit ourselves. Not because there's something, again, super spiritual about this, but what it does is it forces you to slow down and engage with God. Just very, very, very simple. So grab it and let's grow together. Let's submit to the process together. Because God wants to prepare us for some things that we don't even know about yet. All right, my time's done. That was an abrupt ending, but I could just keep on going. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others. But please, do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.